Hi guys and welcome to Reclaiming Philippinex Identity. For all you new listeners out there, my name is Chachi and I am the host for this podcast. Today on episode 1616, I have the pleasure and honor of inviting Faye Miguel on this podcast today. She is someone who I saw on TikTok, honestly, of her video um, about her going back to the Philippines. Um, It really, when I saw it on TikTok, um, I was kind of a bit drawn to it and it made me want to meet her more. And that's when I, it was connected to her Instagram and it pushed me out of my comfort out of my comfort zone to uh, invite her and connect with her and not only that i saw how she's also in uh manoa similar as me uh and that kind of even more gave me a greater sign to say i want to meet you and i want to hear your story because i feel like we can be friends and all that so um i enjoyed talking to her uh before this recording and i can't wait for you guys to meet her also so and i need to stop talking because this episode is about her so i welcome you guys Faye miguel i went to school in baguio um High school is like kind of after the sixth grade, there's first year, second year high school. So I took two years of high school there. And when I went to uh, went, went to Hawaii, um, they didn't continue my high school years. They kind of like pushed me back and I went back to like being a freshman. So I guess like it still works because like my extra two years there became like my middle school years. Mm-hmm. Like it's like equivalent. I realize the the different education system. Mm-hmm. And now like they're adapting to it. And since I'm pretty close to like some of my old teachers back in the Philippines, when I talk to them, how was like the change, the transition from the usual uh, educational system to K to twelve? And most of them kind of don't like it, mm. just because one of the things that kind of like well like I didn't realize what's that different was I guess like when students kind of fail a class now they just they're just given like a second chance to like take another exam or something to keep up and they would still move on to the next level versus back then like we would just end up repeating the grade level so that's like one of the things that like kind of the difference between the K-12 and how Philippines used to do it but um, especially for you, like you had that education um, from grade school to high school. What mm-hmm. what is your like opinion on it? I really missed it just because um, when I went from the Philippines and here, I felt so relaxed because like I was in freshman and then I'm like okay, the math and the science classes I've learned that before. Um, and then a lot of my classmates would tell me, oh, you're so smart in Algebra 1. And then I'm like, no, I'm not that smart. It's just I learned it in the Philippines already. And I guess like it felt like 
the Philippines was more advanced in like um, math and science. And then um, it's also kind of harder because the teachers really expect like have high standards with the students in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And if there's like quizzes, like we actually study, like I remember um, like we have court, it's um, divided into quarters. So uh, by the end of the quarter, we have like three days just like with exams, like with all of our subjects, whether if it's like math, science, and we even have like written exams for PE and music. And it's all about like history of basketball or like um, something about the um, music. If it's the topic is like uh, Filipino music or that's like our first year. And then second year, it's like Asian music. Then third year is like Western music, something like that. And then versus when I came here, everybody was just relaxed. And it's like, it's like teacher, uh, it's like students' opinions over teachers, like if the students are like, oh, it's going to be too hard or can we just not have a final exam or something like that? And then I was surprised that the teacher would actually consider it. Mm-hmm. And then I found myself kind of slacking and like, I was just like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'll just do it later. Just because like it was kind of easy for me. And so I kind of got used to it. And then um, it was sad to say that like my study habits changed a lot when I moved so yeah I really miss I, I kind of wish I did study like I finished studies in the Philippines but at the same time it's so weird because when you look at the resumes it's like people would prefer more that you went to an American school versus to like the Philippines even if sometimes like the educational system there is like so much kind of like better for me it's just like it's like everybody's like so hard working and then here it's like sometimes you could get away with things i like how you bring that up because that kind of brings me the question that every people kind of wonder like if filipinos have better ways of teaching things why do they consider american like those who go to like yale harvard um those who graduated in america more than the people that graduate in the Philippines where it's more yeah so just like that kind of like ironic mm-hmm. it's like it's more and they based on oh America is like kind of like a first world country versus like Philippines like a developing country mm-hmm. but I feel like if like me and my friends would have like I don't know would answer a quiz or something yeah. I, th- I think they would like do it better than me just because for me, I was just like getting away with it and would just forget about it. Versus them, they would like spend so much time like studying and like learning it. Um, I'm currently in UH, a student at UH Manoa. I am majoring in marketing and hopefully kind of triple majoring in international business and management information systems. Kaling. And sometimes, yeah, <laughs> thank you. And I try to, even if I'm not nursing or any other uh, courses, but I try to be the best. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I work 
at Starbucks, but now I'm just back at home and helping around with my mom and my grandma. Mm-hmm. No, I'm okay with her and she and her. Okay, and you are as first generation immigrant yes first generation or like immigrant there's always like a debate on it like Mm -hmm. which ones are first generation if it's like the immigrants or the the son or daughter of the immigrant so i came from the philippines and it was me and my mom like the first 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 people who came here oh so it's just it's just you and your mom yes are you an only Um, child almost i am an only child And my mom is also a single mom, and we just went here to go. Um, my grandma like came here, and she was able to petition me and my mom. And my mom has also brothers back in the Philippines, but it was much easier for her to move here because it was only me and her versus my uncles who has like their wives and their- yeah, yeah. It, I know it's so easier just. Two people, not like the entire family. Yeah, but, it was. But um, as a first-gen immigrant coming from the Philippines, have you ever? Um, what was your experience like when you first came here? Honestly, um, when my mom told me that she's gonna she's gonna move to Hawaii, at first I was like sad because I was gonna be left alone in the Philippines or with my aunties. At the same time, I was excited because I've seen people who has like families in the US would have like cool things such as like devices and iPhones until I guess it was decided that I was coming with her as well. And it was very mixed feelings, especially being a teenager. I would have friends and it feels like I've figured out my whole life, and then when I moved here, I was kind of heartbroken because I would, of course, I would miss my friends that I made, and also like the whole life that I've always known coming here. I don't have any siblings to like talk to or like play with, and I just have my mom who's also busy trying to find a job. So I would just, when I first moved here, the first months I didn't. Go to school because it was already around uh, April and May, so it was already school was ending. So I just had like four months summer until August started, and that was like the only time that I've seen people my age. And through there, I tried to like start going. Start. I tried to start making friends. Like I remember my first day of school. I thought like being alone by yourself, eating by yourself at the cafeteria, and crying in the bathroom was only in the movies. But it actually happened to me just because I was so overwhelmed. Like everybody's new, everybody was talking English. Mm-hmm. It was weird that like nobody was talking. Like everybody seems like they're Filipinos, especially in Maui, mm-hmm. but everybody was talking in English. So I was like. Should I fa- find people that are also immigrants like me, or should I try to make new friends? So I kind of struggle in the first week. And as you bring up your yeah, struggles, um, have you personally struggled with fully coming to embrace your cultural identity? Um, so as what I've thought about um, cultural identity, coming from the Philippines, I've always known that I'm a Filipino and. Like there's like things that 
I've set my mind to that kind of changed when I came here. And then as it changed, like, oh, it's not, everybody's not Americanized and there's still a lot of Filipinos. And then um, years passed by. And then the thing that I struggled with is um, this thing called toxic Filipino culture. Like some Filipinos would be too embarrassed to talk Ilocano or Tagalog or they would be embarrassed to say that um, they would say like, oh, I'm uh, 80% Japanese or something, even if both of their mom and dad are like half Filipino, half Japanese. And then it's just like, oh, you know, Philippines isn't all just farms and um, natives. And, you know, like they would think that it's a third world country, but Philippines is like so much more. And especially Tagalog, like the accent isn't, that bad like there's so many Filipinos that knows English really well and like um, it's just like of course being Filipinos we learn English like as a second language so of course we wouldn't be as smooth as Americans but if Americans learned our culture or our language they would have a weird accent as well you know yeah. it's like um, that phrase you don't know what it's like until you walk in my shoes. Yeah, that's true. And then like, it's like people would just think that um, they're the Dakota. It's like here when they grew up here, they would just think of like the mindset mindset here that, oh, you came from the Philippines, you're just here to work or something. But other like in my perspective, I came here so I could just because people believe that American education is like so much better mm-hmm. and like even if it's even if it feels like I would learn more things back in the Philippines it's just on the papers it's like they rely more on like oh you came from the from America so you're better or something like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah um I wanted to kind of bring back the point you made about the toxic culture like many Filipinos um, I kind of like started laughing because that's so true I remember um, mm-hmm. high school that was I think my middle of high school that was low-key me I was gonna be like are you Filipino I was mm-hmm. like oh no I'm I'm half Chinese oh, I'm not Filipino <laughs> like honestly me just saying that now like I kind of feel low-key ashamed for like saying that but mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like true though like some of us who did came here when we were little like we do try to hide it was like yeah that's me mm-hmm. like kind of a thing and like you bring up such a good point I was like yeah <laughs> yeah and, and I know some people um, my mom would tell me oh yeah my um, co-worker like her kids uh, moved here when they were five years old and now they don't know how to talk Ilocano or English at all despite of coming here not knowing English I was lucky that I came from a school that teaches English, so I know both languages. But when I came here, it never crossed my mind to like hide my identity as Philippine. Really? Yeah, like I think it was just like I was very open to it. Like when people ask me, "Oh, um, are you Chinese?" Like some Filipinos would just think that I'm either Chinese or Japanese just because mm-hmm. of how I look. But I would always say, oh, I'm half Filipino, half Chinese, but I'm embracing more of my culture as Filipino mm-hmm. just because I think the Chinese in me is like 
what makes me more Filipino. Like, you know how there, there's things that's like, um, that's like considered as Filipino culture because yeah. it was, um, it was from our the, it was from the colonization era mm-hmm. where Chinese came from the Philippines. From my perspective, I think more of us it makes us more Filipino because we're more diverse. As what they say, we're like yeah. the Asian Latinos. Something like that. Mm, yeah. Like it was very mixed. Yeah. The things that we've been kind of asking to, more clearly. Mm-hmm. But sticking with the topic of culture, um, do you have a subculture that you identify yourself as or used to? As for the subculture, I thought I was. Like when I moved here, I thought I was going to be part of the culture where I was an English second language back in high school. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, just because I came from the Philippines, they just put me immediately on ESL class. And then when it was like the first week of school, like they were like, oh, write a paragraph about how was your summer. And then when I, after I wrote my paragraph, my teacher called me and she's like, oh, your English is really good. Why are you in this class? And then I'm like, oh, maybe because I just moved here. And they thought I moved here when I was younger. I'm like, no, I just moved here like three months ago. So for anyone who might not know, in the Philippines, it is common to learn English, especially at the grade level of third grader, fourth grader. And with that, that is where it comes with the debate whether should we be learning English at a young age or should we still incorporate learning our mother tongue so it is still an ongoing debate i believe and this refers to the acronym mtb-mle which is mother tongue based multilingual education where schooling which begins in the mother tongue that transition to additional language particularly filipino and english it is meant to address the high functional illiteracy of Filipino where language plays a significant factor. And I can go on with this and it will kind of transition to a whole other topic. But as of right now, let's go back with the episode. And then they're like, oh, how is your English this good? And then they don't realize that even if you're from the Philippines, like there's a chance, there's so much opportunities for you to learn other languages. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it was surprising to me to, for them to think that I wouldn't know how to speak English. And then, so I'm a person that loves to like be like a kind of an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So the group that I was associated with, the people who was in English second language, my friends there, they're all just like kept to themselves and they have like their own group that they all speak uh, Tagalog in school. And I wanted something more, such as like, I want to participate in events. I wanted to participate in like homecoming events, anything that makes me feel like I'm involved in the community. So I went more out of my way and I started hanging out with people who actually grew up in Maui. And these are the people that even if they're still Filipinos, most of my friends here doesn't know how to speak Filipino. And sometimes I would wonder how come they never tried to learn how to speak Filipino. But they actually just say that sometimes their parents are the ones who says like they want 
them to just learn English just because it will help them better in school. But I'm like, isn't it employers would actually appreciate more if you're bilingual or trilingual, if you know Ilocano as well. So I think as going back to like subculture, I don't see myself as like a specific subculture just because I'm a person who tried to hop around, like I could adjust in the environment. I don't want to be known as the person, oh, she's an immigrant and then that's it. And just here just to study and then work afterwards. I want to be known as a Filipino who made her way to different things. Like people would come up to me now not knowing that I grew up in the Philippines. They would think that I'm a Filipino who grew up in Hawaii. So I just want to like break stereotypes. Yeah. And yeah and just be a person to represent that even if you came from the philippines you could still be somebody that's not an immig- just an immigrant to transition i asked her off camera if she took any specific language courses in the university setting i just had one class for filipino because i was kind of bombarded with like business classes mm. so that's the part that I'm kind of ashamed as much as I tried to embrace my Filipino culture I wasn't as active in the Filipino department or the Filipino community in UH Manoa mm-hmm. so I wish I did like I I wish I actually majored in Filipino but it's kind of too late now that, that I'm an upcoming senior I, I really like you mentioned like you want to be uh, that first generation that wants to break that stereotypes that not all people that came from the Philippines struggle like they are very hardworking they want to you want to do more than people kind of like perceive us to be yeah and in addition to like that it's like some people who moved here just tries to forget everything about being a Filipino and they're like oh I'm American or something like that I still want to talk in Filipino like even my friends who doesn't know how to talk in Filipino or Ilocano I would try to start talking in Taglish to them mm-hmm. just so they would be familiar with um, some Filipino words and from there they, I would catch them saying these Tagalog words which kind of makes me happy because oh you're picking up my um words so that's pretty good i know like i think the one thing that that uh manoa is doing well in is creating requirements that goes towards our graduation requirements and especially for non-filipinos and even those filipinos that were born here and wants to get in touch with their culture they can literally immerse themselves through ip courses such as food, ritual, culture, pop culture, and many more that is still growing to be added in our course in our courses. And I believe that as time goes on, the Center of Philippine Studies in UH Manoa will continue to grow great. And yeah. And for example, if I did not take any IP courses and if I didn't transfer to Manoa, I don't think this podcast would ever exist because it is true taking IP level courses that really question my identity and question who I am and question my Philippine history that brought me to even have a 
broaden understanding to what truly means to be a Filipino. And I think UH Manoa Center Philippine Studies for that. Like I thank you for bringing these courses. I thank you for creating an opportunity for students to major and minor. And to give a shout out to the Philippine Department, I really give you guys props for teaching our culture to Filipinos and non-Filipinos. I give you guys credits for sharing your narrative as a professor. I think I mentioned this in the first episode of my first season in my first podcast, but if it wasn't for this professor who shared his testimony as a Filipino-American second gen that he had that sort of identity crisis, I don't think I would have opened up more with my culture. And similar goes to one of my close friends in the class. But that said, this is why it's so important to preserve our culture and really help the next generation to step up. Yeah, but I really like the IP classes, especially um, it satisfies some requirements for UH Manoa. People who aren't even Filipinos find themselves in IP classes. And I would see my non-Filipino friends who would ask me about questions on what's a good Filipino food that they can make or something. And later on, they would send me videos or Snapchat videos that they're cooking pancit or they're making turon. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, you guys are making Filipino food. And they're like, yeah, it's really good. And they would learn more things about the culture, even if they're not Filipinos. Mm -hmm. So I really like those classes as well. Did you take one or no? I did. I did IP um, 360. The tra- mm. oh, 370, the travel log. Oh, travel log. The travel log with, yeah, with Koyaton. And then I took it with two of my friends. One is, she's Vietnamese, and then the other one is, he's Filipino, but he was born and raised in Maui. And mm-hmm. while we were like going through all the regions of the Philippines, they're just yeah. like, oh, I never knew that this place existed in the Philippines. And I'm like, yeah, there's so much more things to explore. The Philippines. I didn't ask this, but what high school did you come from in Maui? Maui High School. Maui in High Kahului. School. I just came to the conclusion that there's a lot of people in Maui who are Filipinos that came, that is majoring in Ilocano. That's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, there's, a yeah, lot there's of- actually a lot of Filipinos here in Maui. If as much as like there's so many Japanese um, in Oahu, there's so like I feel like everybody here is like mostly Filipino. It's just the matter of like the degree if like mm-hmm. they were born or raised here or something. And that's the thing that I kind of like saw how a lot of Maui Filipinos doesn't really embrace being a Filipino just because they feel like it's kind of normal, like everybody's Filipino mm-hmm. versus the people that I meet in the mainland who's very passionate about embracing the culture mm-hmm. and trying to um, know more about the Filipino culture just because they grew up that they're the only ones who are Filipino in their school mm-hmm. or they don't really see as much Filipinos around them. And here it's just like we're taking it for granted just because everybody's Filipinos, you know. It's not until you're you're removed from that 
community where you start to yeah. be like, I miss my I miss my Filipino community. I miss I miss adobo. I miss pancit. I miss my mom yeah. yelling at me. I miss, and you know like oh you yeah. see all of that um videos on Insta- that on TikTok was like it's because they miss it. When you miss mm-hmm. something, you try to like look for it and yeah. want it. Yeah. And um, the last episode that I actually recorded with one of a close friend that I knew her since she was in seventh grade. Um, she talked about how um, the community in the Bay Area, uh, the way like they really embrace how Filipino they are compared to here in Hawaii, is very different. Like, mm-hmm. it's that you really need to be a way to experience, and I feel like we yeah. should change that. So for you, as where do you see yourself in ten years? So in ten years, so I'm currently twenty-two years old, mm-hmm. and in ten years, that's gonna be. I'm already in my 30s and that's kind of interesting for me to like look at because I've come a long way ever since I moved in the Philippines and I really hope in 10 years I would be in a career in a marketing career and hopefully a creative director at a marketing firm and I love designing things I love creativity and at the same time I really want to own my have my own business The business idea that I'm actually have been trying to work on for a long time is something about um, showing like uh, by buying. If you're familiar with that, like the old Filipino, um, old Filipino script. I want it to be if Japanese script or Chinese script could always be on shirts, and it's so um, it's everybody likes it and everybody wants it and uses it. I want that to happen to our own culture because mm-hmm. it's something. To start a conversation with, and a lot of people would ask me because I have a tattoo of Baybayin, and a lot of people would ask me, "Oh, what script is that? Is that Chinese?" And I'm like, "No, it's not Chinese. It's Filipino." And a lot of people are are, are shocked about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to work on that, and hopefully by then it's gonna be something popular across not just in Hawaii but across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as well, since I'm studying international business I always still want to look back in the Philippines and give employment opportunities because I want to create like a store or a shop that will employ people and just introduce like how uh, of who I am here in Hawaii like I want to have a musubi shop in Baguio City just because they don't know like those little musubis that's like super good but super easy to make And yeah, and hopefully, maybe married and have one a, a piece of kid by then. Hopefully, <laughs> because like hopefully. yeah, because like being Filipino, of course, you're very family oriented. Mm-hmm. As much as as much goals there are in our minds, like we still want to have our own family because we just love like celebrating and being with family. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, she actually has an Instagram page called Lika Fam. Which I think I'm butchering the name of, but it will be on the description. So if uh, yeah, don't forget to look at the description box after the podcast or before the podcast and like see what we're gonna. Yeah, so for Lika, I'm still trying to like get my designs out there, and mm-hmm. of course, like I'm trying to save up money to start up my my own business, and mm-hmm. especially being in UH Panoa and being in a Scheidler mm-hmm. College of Business, it would be easier for me so I'm trying to 
join um, the business competition once I get everything done. It's more on the value, such as just introducing our culture more mm-hmm. out there. Like if you would see, like there's so many like the Japanese characters that's just on a shirt, and a yeah. lot of people like it. Why can't we do that on our um, on our culture? And is yeah. it's like more on introducing and just like people wanting to be like, oh yeah, that's Filipino. Like mm-hmm. I'm Filipino, you know, like just being proud of it. And off cam, I asked her if she attended the workshop led by Christian K, where he shared. With us, the Philippine national script of Baybayin. I saw his workshop, but that was the time that I also had class, so I wasn't able to go. But I was like, finally, something about Baybayin. Like, I really wish one of the things that UH should add in their courses is um, having a Baybayin class, because mm-hmm. I would be really interested in doing that. I just learned Baybayin through um, my school back in the Philippines on how to write it, and then I was I was refreshed by it when I took IP three seventy, and then we started learning it again, like just for a little while. And yeah. I was like, wait, why can't that be like something to be introduced, and in, especially here, like a lot of Filipinos wouldn't know about it, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like it's gonna be introduced. Um, there's a new IP class called Philippine Visual Arts. I think it will be introduced mm-hmm. there, but hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Um, I just wanted to share. I don't know if you can see it. This is a um a business. Um, they are from Illinois, but they have like the shirts called by Bayan. I don't know if you can. Oh, oh yeah. Is that the same as the um? I think Abacada Company. Yeah. Or is that? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that, I was inspired with that thing. Like, like if it's already starting, and but that's like all the way in Illinois. Why can't I like start something here all the way on this side? Actually, like um, it is something that I'm more passionate in. Like mm-hmm. just to get things out there, and like I want to like build like like I know especially um, I think the Pusong Filipinas yes. in Oahu. Yeah. Like I really wanted to start like. Um, going more to it mm-hmm. it's just like it's sometimes it's hard because like it would conflict in some of my events in school but definitely after all of these things i would love to like start just like embracing it more mm-hmm. and like going to it more and supporting it yeah. yeah so for you i think you mentioned it pretty much um with you moving from the philippines um to here uh did you ever experience someone um kind of making fun of you or teasing you when you first came here like you had an accent and then like they called you out on it or like they kind of made you feel shame you know those um, honestly up to now there would be words that I would say differently mm-hmm. but I guess um, for some people it might be like kind of a type of bullying but what happened to me is that I'm, I was lucky to like find friends that are um, that are also either they're non-Filipinos, but they also speak um, their own native language. Mm-hmm. So whenever I say something different, and I would say it with an accent, yeah. they would just like giggle and laugh about it. But they would just tell me, "Hey, you're so cute! Like I love your accent." They would just say that, and I'm mm-hmm. surprised because like usually you would see something on social media that they always get teased or mm-hmm. they always get um, kind of like bashed on. But for my friends, they're all just like, "Oh, you remind me of my mom, who's also like, uh, like fresh off the boat, like mm-hmm. have such like a thick 
thick accent. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, I guess as long as you guys don't hurt my feelings and don't just like laugh laugh at me about it. And some would even just correct me like, oh, you say it this way. And I would appreciate it more instead of just like laughing at my face. Yeah. When you were talking, um, that kind of reminded me of the video that I think I, I posted on my Instagram a few weeks ago on the podcast. It was, um, mm-hmm. how do you say global and then global? Like that video. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like, like watching that video, I was like, what's the difference? Because I still, when I, when I try to say it, it's like, the accent comes out I was like how do you, how is it different like yeah like sometimes like I think I would end up saying a word like 10 times until is that how you say it and they're like yeah that's how you say it and I'm like I, I don't get it and then later on I would still say in like how I think it's I would say it until mm-hmm. like I guess like if I just start hearing other people say it then it would change mm-hmm. but other than that I would just like say it how I think it's said, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with, like, saying it wrong. Like, you say it how you mm. say it is. Pretty much it. Yeah. And to transition to that, what does it mean for you to reclaim your identity, your Filipinx identity? Um, It's very meaningful to me, especially um, coming from the Philippines. Like, I've seen how different the mindset is and... Of course, I want to be open-minded and I want people to be open-minded about it too because especially our culture, it's so abundant and there's so many things involved in it, especially our history. And I just wish people would learn more about it, especially like starting with our language. Mm-hmm. Like um, this might like jump into my advice as well to yeah. people, but like start learning like I want people to just try to learn as much as they can even if it's like even if it's Tagalog English at least they're learning and in addition to that learn how to cook food our food is so good there's so many good recipes that's like their Filipino food and um, just start reading like I'm kind of glad that TikTok exists because some people would be posting some things about um, how Philippines was colonized mm. and how some people are wondering oh, I'm Filipino but my last name is um, Spanish like yeah. Miguel and then I'm like did you not learn this in your history? Philippines got colonized by Spaniards before and some people have these sounding last names and I'm like well it's normal because Japanese also went to the Philippines and it's just crazy how some people are like wondering about these things and they didn't know that it is part of being Filipino it's part of our history so I just want people to like learn more and just give Philippines a chance it's not just all farms and natives and weird accents there's like it's such a beautiful country such a beautiful culture and it's like even even going to the Philippines there's so much things to see whether if it's like at the beach or the mountain that famous saying, it's more fun in the Philippines. It is, it is. Because especially, like, the people, like, the the hospitality that the yeah. Filipinos give, it's so, it's, like, it's really different. Like, they claim you as a family, even if you're not a Filipino. Mm-hmm. No. I agree on that. And that's something, like, when you're in Hawaii, um, 
maybe it's still a little bit different but in Hawaii you can still have that polite manner that aloha manner like you you, you don't call mm. each other manang or manong or kuya or ate you call mm. each other like auntie or uncle yeah but and but in in the Philippines when you go to a restaurant you call them oh sir ma'am kind of thing like yeah you, you feel treated like polite. and like I, I I admit like when I was back home in the Philippines before like when they said sir ma'am I was like wait what I was like oh okay because <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I was always caught off guard I was like oh oh yeah and then I forget that you're supposed to just leave the tray not bring it to the stove because yeah, I did that true. I I brought it and they were like no 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 it's okay I got it I was like no it's okay I'll, I'll help you because of how we are here it's just like Wait, yeah. it's part of their job. It's like a really good mix, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's why I'm glad among all the states that I moved to, I moved to Hawaii because it still felt like I was still close at home because mm-hmm. of the hospitality. The It's very family-oriented and there's like so many languages as well. So I would meet other people that are bilingual and mm-hmm. would talk Tagalog as well. And they would understand how it feels like to have like this Asian culture, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. And I'm comfortable with that, and I'm happy how Hawaii is like that. So, do you think, like, in your opinion, like, despite a lot of the negative that people, do you think they they do have a lot of positive things that come out with their culture? Oh, there are a lot of positive things. I just hope people would concentrate on that more. Mm-hmm. And as for the people who pushes that negative negative traits of Filipinos. I hope they just like change their minds cuz like one of like such as one of the negative traits that Filipino kind of has is that they would think being white skin or like light skin and being skinny is like the way to go, but why can't they just open their minds that any body shape and any color is really beautiful, you know? And we don't need like a papaya or anything. So off camera, I started to try to speak in Tagalog, but I caught myself and I didn't want to like say it because like, you know, what if I butcher it kind of a thing. So transitioning to this. Have you ever it's had like that you're feeling? scared to butcher it. Yeah. Because yeah. like even for Ilocano, like sometimes I know what to say, but I'm so scared to say it because I feel like I would say it in an accent. What's that word? Um, I think I was gonna respond something to you in Tagalog, but then I was just like, I don't want to butcher it. I don't want to. <laughs> but it's just because I wasn't around you as much, so it's just like it's not natural. Mm-hmm. But do you ever feel that way with with you and your friends? Yeah, I would. Um, especially if I have word to say if I have, like, I couldn't translate it into English. Yeah. Just because like. I could say in Tagalog like really good and I could explain my expression or like my feelings in Tagalog but if I translate it to English it's just sounds so weird and then if I'm gonna say it in Tagalog it's like they still don't understand me mm-hmm. so there's that language barrier that's why sometimes I would say for example gigil like if oh. I'm nanggigigil it's so hard to explain it to somebody and then I'm like it's like I just want to squeeze it, but like it's not just squeezing. It's just it's, it's so hard to, to explain it. But 
yeah, I just start to laugh and I'm just like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> That's like one of them is gigil and the other one is maarte. Uh, because it's like yeah, cuz like sometimes it's like it's not just being picky. It's something that like can be good too, like perfectionist, but not really perfectionist. It's like something in between. Like Filipinos have words that's always like in between. Or sometimes there would be words like ang chaka, and then it's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I guess ugly. But it's like it's not really ugly. It's just like it's not as good, you know. Yeah. So it's just like sometimes I would just get frustrated. I'm like. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> the only Filipino word that phrase or um, acting acronym that it's so easy to like say is K- you're very KJ, like kill. Oh yeah, it's like what? What do the? What do you mean KJ? And it's either that or OA. Oh, yeah, because they're like that does not make sense. Like overacting because it should be like overreacting. Or like it's in, it's said in a different way, and I'm like, it just doesn't sound right. Like just accept OA or something. Yeah, that was great talking to you too. And it's like it's it's nice that you do this because it's like for people to know different stories. Like I know there are some people, some of your guests in the podcast too that are not are not first or second immigrant and mm-hmm. have their own experience about being Filipino here in the U.S. Have any final thoughts? Uh, do you have any plug that you want to like share out there? Um, just for whoever in Hawaii out there, just follow my Instagram at it's fabulous. And there's like a lot of food. I eat a lot of food. I'm a foodie, and I love coffee and boba. And as for my other page, the one that we were talking about, Likha, L-I-K-H-A. That F-A-M. That's my creative page, and sometimes I would post things on there that is in Filipino or in Tagalog, just to teach my followers how to speak in Tagalog. Mm-hmm. And I also sometimes create um, create posters or or um, creative uh, collaterals that has by buying and maybe learn by buying through there. And thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. So that wraps up with episode 16 with Faye Miguel. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys are well, healthy, and safe. Don't forget to follow Reclaiming Philippines Identity on Instagram. And if you guys have any suggestions, concerns, and you want to be featured on the podcast, DM me on Instagram and email me at chachi.hawaii at outlook.com and pretty much agyamanak salamat thank you guys and visit the show notes after because I will be writing the plugs down there and many more stuff so yeah thank you guys kita kids for the next one bye